Hello, Poppets! Welcome to episode three of the Prove Me Wrong podcast. Three! That's two more than I ever thought I'd get past. We're at three. Those are Alan Iverson. This is the Alan Iverson episode right here. The third episode. If this was like a date, this is when you start making some decisions right here. You know what I'm talking about. Like on the first two dates, you're just starting to fill it out. Maybe, fellas, you got yourself a freak. Maybe she does put out the first night. But usually around date number three, you start playing that little game inside your head of... Am I going to get to see them naked? And that's where we're at with this podcast now. No, not that I'm going to be doing this nude or anything like that, but I feel like now i got to start making some decisions. Um, In the first two, I talked about that spare bedroom I had that I was going to eventually clear out so I can start doing some recording in there. Well, guess what? I got it done. Holy shit, I got it done. Um, It's still kind of a hodgepodge of things on the wall. And trying to figure out the whole sound thing in here. But um, nonetheless, it's done. Um, I'm pretty pumped with it. Having said that, I'm also shooting video of this podcast right now, too. So if you see this on the internet, then everything went swimmingly. And I'm going to be able to start recording some interviews. If you don't see this on the internet at any point, then the video went horribly. And I got to figure out how to do this all over again. But with some of the guests I want to bring in, like, that shit should be on video. Why not? Half the time when I'm watching Joe Rogan or a lot of the podcasts I watch, it's on YouTube. Um, Sure, I listen to them a bunch um, when I'm driving. But if I'm at home, instead of watching cable news, I'm usually watching a podcast on YouTube. So um, that's the goal. So I'm I'm pretty pumped with it. I I was working around with uh, my GoPro that I have and trying to figure out the lighting and everything. But I have a GoPro 3 because... um, yeah, I'm just cheap like that, and I haven't bought a new one yet. So I still have a Hero 3, um, and I couldn't figure out how to get the lighting right so it would capture it correctly. So um, then I realized, hey, I recently bought myself a MacBook Pro. I should just record off that until I can get a better camera in here than a GoPro. So um, that's where the video is going to be coming from. It's just going to be coming off my... Now, I say I bought myself an, a new MacBook Pro. It's a new MacBook Pro to me in that it's still a 2015 MacBook Pro because, like I said, I'm kind of stingy like that. And I don't see the need to go out and spend, you know, 1400 bucks or whatever it is for and when I can just get this for a little... I dare to say for only... For under a grand. Only for under a grand. But that's what I got it for. So, um, it's going to make my life a hell of a lot easier. I'm trying to record the podcast on I had a 2012 MacBook Air and to not get technical on computers and by I mean I don't want to get too technical meaning I'm a fucking idiot and I don't know a lot about computers but I do know that the MacBook Air just had like a flash drive on it so it doesn't have a ton of storage with all my work shit on there and everything for the first two episodes I'd be trying to save the file to um to my desktop and there wouldn't be enough room so I was like deleting Spotify out and moving pictures to my external hard drive and a couple times I thought I'd even like um, lost the podcast in uh, the transition because I didn't think it was going to save and everything. So I say all that to say I stepped my game up um, and got myself a MacBook Pro. So now I'll be able to do a couple more um, things from that and uh, make my life a lot easier. 
Because let me tell you, as hard as it is to just sit down and do this podcast once, um, to then lose an episode and have to go back and try and recreate that, uh, that would be even tougher. I actually sat down yesterday to attempt to do this and got through like the first five minutes and just wasn't really uh, picking up steam like I wanted to. And then um, I heard my roommate and his uh, buddy come back. I think they were at brunch or something downstairs. And that just came, that put everything to an end. That that, that was the out I needed because although this podcast, um, I mean, it's meant for people to listen to, um, knowing that people are exactly downstairs as I'm trying to get this done. Um, I'm not ready for that yet. So I bitched out and I stopped. So this is uh, the second attempt at episode three. But hey, that's just me being honest with you guys. And if you saw it on social media, we passed 100 uh, downloads. Oh, what? Not a giant number. I get that. But for just two episodes in, I mean, tell you the truth, my honest goal for the first podcast, I was like, all right, if I get 10 downloads, I'll be pumped. 10 like won't make me try to commit suicide like 10 or more okay at least I have some friends uh that could spare 45 minutes out of their day hell 10 minutes out of their day it it really doesn't matter um so then for it now to be um up above over 100 for the first two episodes I'm pretty happy about that man so um like I said in the in the last one to everybody that's um, sent me messages or screenshots of you listening to the podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, since this has all started, it's uh, greatly improved my life, I'd say. At least it's made me a happier person because um, not only am I getting to release all this and kind of make this like as almost my dear diary where I'm just vetting about the shit that pisses me off. Um, it's cool to get positive feedback from people and have people checking it out. And it's hard to be in a bad mood when a lot of the messages are coming your way um, are positive in nature. So if you have negative messages, you, you can send those too. I, I can take constructive criticism. I, I know there's uh, ways to improve this thing, but to anybody that has reached out, man, um, thank you so much. This has just been badass. So uh, we're going to have to come up with something as a group. Um, now that we've passed 100, um, I want to come up with something for 500 downloads and maybe 1,000. Maybe we'll do... Um, some giveaways or I'll get some gift cards somewhere or a tattoo gift card or something. And then, um, we can come up with like an auction for it or something for 500 or at a thousand, I'll get a tattoo of it or something. Um, I don't know. I'm open up. I'm open to suggestions of what we should do for these little, um, baby milestones, if you will. It's kind of like, if you remember the movie, what about Bob baby steps? Baby steps, baby steps to the door, baby steps to 100 downloads, baby steps to 500 downloads, baby steps to 1,000 downloads. But I'm definitely open to suggestions if uh, people want to come up with anything for what we should do. Um, Hopefully, if this podcast continues to grow and gain in download numbers um, like the way it has. So if you guys have told any of your friends or anything, hey, I really appreciate it. Something else I have now figured out, I'm the only person doing this, so I'm... The one cutting up the audio. I'm obviously the one recording it, doing video, any of the social media stuff. It's, it's just me doing this. So I don't know everything that I'm supposed to know, okay, is what I'm saying. But I have found out, and as you listen to other podcasts, you always hear them say, rate and review the podcast in iTunes. Rate and review the podcast in iTunes. Well, now I get why. Because that's not only with the download numbers, that's also going to help you when you're trying to look for sponsorships and all that. And even in iTunes, the uh, 
like the ranking and the reviewings don't even start showing up until you reach a certain threshold. So I don't know what that number is, but I say all that to say, hey, if you get bored out of the day and you want to go to that little app and rate and review the show, I'd greatly appreciate it. Because look, I'm going to be honest with you. If this can ever get to a place where I can just get sponsorship money from it, I'm not working a day in my life anymore. And that's the fucking goal, okay? I'm very selfish about it. I would love for this to just eventually, one day, be able to be my source of income so I don't have to go to the office every damn day of my life. I get to just come here, talk to interesting people, and get creative as fuck. So like I said, for selfish reasons, if you get bored, please go to that little podcast app and rate review it i'd really appreciate it i do have an update for all of you though if you listen to episode two i talked about the old guy or what i imagine is an old guy in that beat up truck that was leaving his dog in the truck overnight that i saw multiple times i saw this happen multiple times okay before i say what i'm about to say so then on i think the third time i saw that this dog had stayed in this truck overnight I might have left a letter. I might have informed him that I was going to break a window open and take out the dog. I hadn't seen the truck again for about 10 days or so. And then the other night, it happened. I came in the back gate to my complex. It's dark. Look over and go, shit. There's that truck. So then I know with me coming on here, me being an honest person, an honest person and a man of my word that since I said I was going to have to break a window if I saw the dog again, then this time I was going to have to break the window. So I walk up and it's like right under like this little street light to the left. And I look in the truck and I see this white head. Now Grayson's got a decision to make. Is he a man of his word? And does he break this window and free this dog? Or does he just lie about it and go on the podcast to save face and say that this happened, but really bitched out in real life? Well, I can happily report that none of the above happened. When I walked into the truck and what in my mind I had imagined was a dog. No, it was just an empty orange juice gallon jug container. No dog this time around. But I swear to God, those other times it was a dog. I did not just mistake it for an orange juice container. This was the one time. All right. I wasn't, I wasn't high the last times. This was the only time I was confused. And it was dark at night. Like I said, I knew deep down I had to make a choice. I knew I was going to have to break that window or I was just going to lie to you guys. Either way, I was going to come out on top of that situation, but I guess this time the dog did because it had a place to stay. Or he left it somewhere. Maybe he killed it. Fuck, now that I think about it, maybe that story doesn't end as well as I thought. I'm I'm sure the dog's fine. But like I said, since this has been going on, I've been happy. If you've seen my, what do I call them on Instagram? My thug life videos. um, Yeah, those just spawned out of just me being happy in a day. Well, I'll I'll go backwards. The company I work with, 
we have these couple younger girls in customer service. And one day I sent them over a mashup of Mariah Carey and Bruno Mars, which I thought wasn't that bad for something I found on YouTube. Hey, I'm still a sucker for mashups. I, I still party like it's 2007. And I sent it to them. And they went, oh, that's okay. But they never heard the Mariah Carey song before. Not only that, they didn't know any Mariah Carey songs. They knew who she was, but didn't know any sweet, sweet fantasy baby. Doesn't know about the collaborations with boys to men. That was like, oh, fuck. I'm old moments. Because even if, like, no matter who you were, you knew who Mariah Carey was. You knew songs by Mariah Carey. I don't give a fuck how hard you think you are. You knew Mariah Carey. So then it got me thinking about other people that they, of course, never heard of. Which then turned me into going home, smoking a bowl, and then making, I don't know, a two-hour-long playlist of 90s pop music. And R&B, might I add. You know, it's like the type of music that you'd hear, like, roller skating around Skate uh, Skate City or whatever roller rink it would be. You know, it's got, like, some Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. And I discovered, sure, look like a douchebag driving around with your windows down. Look even like a worse douchebag if you are so dumb to take a selfie video of yourself and post it to Instagram. I understand this. But I dare you. I dare you. To be in a bad mood when 90s pop music is on. Can't do it. You can try. You can try. But you can't do it. When you hear some Whitney Houston coming through the speakers, you're in a good mood. Boys to men, even better. You want to fuck around and start playing some TLC or En Vogue? This music will not ruin your day. If you feel like your serotonin levels are low, just bump some 90s pop and R&B and to lift it right up. Fellas, I understand you might not want to admit this. Dare call me bold enough to say these things. But I'm telling you, some 90s pop and R&B lifts the spirits. Or at least it does for me. Because I remember back in my day, when I used to listen to the radio, it was on like, it wasn't a ghetto blaster, but just on a boombox, you know? Plugs in, has the antenna. And the only station I could get on a good day would be 99.1 KGGI. And on 99.1 KGGI, it had a bunch of these things. Had a bunch of R&B. Had a bunch of Mariah. Had a bunch of Brandy. Um, Boys to Men. And then you'd also occasionally be able to get Kiss at Fim in there, you know, which then played. I mean, of course, you'd get the No Doubt and Green Day, but then you'd also get In um, Sync, Backstreet Boys. Like it or not, this was the music of my childhood. There's nothing I can do about it. When you think about sitting around and recording songs or having like one of your siblings record songs, I remember doing it to No Doubt and In Sync or In Sync. I'm sorry. <laughs> To no doubt in Bleak 182, I swear that wasn't a Freudian uh, slip right there. But I would also do it for the R&B shit. I loved 99.1 KGGI. And then on Sundays, they'd have the Art LeBeau special. But it was a different time then. I mean, we were talking about how I just created this playlist on Spotify just out of nowhere. Able to grab every song I wanted to. Any song I looked for, whether it was from the band Immature, if you remember them. 
Um, what else is on that playlist? Oh, uh, there's a bunch of shit. I'll end up having to post a link or something so you can listen to the damn thing and see how I literally wasted an hour to two hours maybe compiling this playlist. But back in the you weren't able to do that. I hate saying that phrase back in the day. It makes me feel so fucking old. But you just, you weren't. Like how you discovered music was for me, it was watching skate videos or snowboarding videos and then waiting for the credits to roll at the end and then trying to figure, like if it wasn't labeled properly, then you were trying to figure out what song or what band was the song you were just listening to. And I remember like writing it down, then I'd go to Best Buy and you'd buy an album and be the wrong one and fuck. And you'd go back or that was one way. Another way is you had an older brother or sister turn you on to cool shit or a friend with an older brother and then they would turn you on to cool things. But it, was, it wasn't it was as easy as it is now where you can just uh, hop on YouTube or on Instagram or someone can just send you a link or a file. You really had to search for it. I mean, hell, I remember when I first... Uh, like Eric Nichols was a kid that lived down the street from me and he had a brother, Kyle. And probably when I was like 9 or 10, turned me on to like M&M's of Blink, and I think Dude Ranch was out at that point, um, Face to Face, um, if you remember the Small Music for Small People albums, where they have like the Fat Music for Fat People, and it'd all just be like these like quick little songs that were, I think they'd have like 40 tracks on an album, or like the Vans Warp Tour albums, when you could buy those from Hot Topic, that's how you found out about music, um, it's not nearly as easy now, but if you're having a bad day, 90s pop and R&B all the way, all the way. Maybe it's just, it was the music that I heard growing up, but I hear other things, other type songs from that era. Doesn't make me feel that same type of way. You can talk shit, that's fine. But I dare you to go put something on and be in a bad mood afterwards. Look, I'm just being honest. This is not me fronting anymore. Now you know something about me. But you do see that a lot on social media, don't you? Um, people putting on a front. You see, here's what you see. Like the people that post motivational memes all the time. You know the person. You might be that friend. But when you think of that person, what thing always comes to mind about motivational meme person? They're the least motivated of them all. The people that are always posting, oh, happy life. They're usually the ones that are fighting and um, hate every moment of their life. Happy life. I don't believe you. There are exceptions to the rules. There are people that I follow on social media that are motivating for just motivational sakes. You follow Kevin Hart, you try not to get motivated. <laughs> it's tough to do. And you have friends that maybe they do work out all the time and they bust their ass. And maybe you do gain some inspiration from that. But we all know the other side of that coin. Happy life. You're a fucking liar. It's the same type of person you'll see that will post on social media when they've stopped drinking for like a week. Not like a month, not like a year, like a week. What do you, nine times out of 10, what do you see six days from then when after them saying, oh, I'm done drinking for a week, you see them drunk, really drunk. Sometimes they fuck up and will post it. And then the next day when they sober up, all of a sudden, post is gone. Shocking. How did that happen? 
You'll also see it with one of your friends that um, is overweight or is obese. And all of a sudden, they're posting a healthy meal. And then they'll post another healthy meal. But you know. You know what's going to happen at one time. Then they're going to eat that double bacon cheeseburger. Then they're going to order that Domino's pizza. And they're going to eat that whole pizza to themselves. But that doesn't get posted, does it? Nah. And some people start eating the healthy way. And they'll post pictures about it. And then they'll continue. But we all know those one friends that every, it's it's like quarterly, it's like their quarterly report. All of a sudden, then it's like that new year, new me bullshit. That's what it's like when you know your friend's going to hit the gym for like four days and then fall the fuck off. That friend that you just know the day they tell you they quit smoking cigarettes that you're going to smoke cigarettes that next weekend. That friend that tells you for the hundredth time, oh, I'm getting healthy now, but you know it's not going to come to fruition. These are the lies that we can portray on social media. The motivational meme person. Sometimes you see it in like the stay-at-home mom or like the stay-at-home divorced mom that's like trying to get her life back together and you just see all these posts about how their kid's their best friend and you go girl or you go boy. Nothing's going to stop me now. Freedom. But you know they're dying on the inside. It's like we can all see when someone's being transparent like that. And I'm not saying to post the negative shit. I attempt not to. I'm never saying, oh, tough day. Oh, I've had such a bad week. No, that's not what I mean. I just mean the people that it's like almost like you're like trying to like jumpstart their motivation by like posting it. Like if they post, it's like the secret. Remember the the Netflix, it was on Netflix and it was like a documentary or a documentary and it was a book. People think like if they just put it out there, then all of a sudden they'll be fucking motivated because they posted a picture of a lion. But that's not how this works. <laughs> Social media is a weird thing, man. I, I wish I could tell all the people over the age of like 40 and then if you're, you live in the South, like probably like 30 to 40 years old too. Like you have to like extend the gap of people in there. But if you ever find yourself sharing a post that says, you won't believe what number seven says, or read here to see what shocking news story this, that is what they call clickbait. My mother, who I love, sweet lady. But if you look at her Facebook timeline, it is just a slew of click bait articles. And I feel bad. I don't even think the older generation knows when it's happening to them. And we, we can all be guilty of it, but I don't even know how many of them are actually sitting there reading the articles or if they're just going with the clickbait and then just sending it right out. You see it in political stuff all the time, but it, it's... I I just have to know, do they realize they're being duped? I, I wish I could give you some more examples here. Let's, I can do what I want. How about that? Let's just go Facebook. We'll be able to find some clickbait articles here real quick. Yeah, I'm aware this is making for some riveting 
podcasting, I understand. Uh, come on, computer. Sorry, now that I'm on a new computer, not everything is stored the same way. Okay. Mama, I love you. But let's just go through and read some of the article headlines just to see if you guys can pick up on clickbait articles. Oh, here's a good one. A father's heartbreaking warning about the common household item that killed his toddler. Oh, that's what clickbait articles are. It's like the light bulb just went off. It's like the same things you would hear on the 10 o'clock news. Listen to that. A father's heartbreaking warning about the common household item that killed his daughter. Coming up at 10. Let's go more. Here, let's just scroll back down um, a few more. I'm sure we can find a couple more. Judge Janine shares powerful map connecting migration and terror. Inflection is mine. Let's find another clickbait article. But you know what I'm getting at. And I just don't think the older generation gets it because it's indicative of all of them. It doesn't matter if it's my mother or if it's an aunt or if it's one of their friends. I'm just trying to think of the times that I see it on my Facebook feed and who it might be from. Or it happens with your friends that are your age that are dumb. It's the only two instances that it happens. They're dumb. Or they're old. Just like. Just like. Here's how you know too. Here's another tell. It's the same people that will copy and paste status updates. You know what I'm talking about. Like the ones that say. Oh copy and paste this. Like I never thought Facebook was going to be charging people for it. But copy and paste this and everything will be free. Those are the same people. They're the same people that also share those like Southwest posts or the Disneyland posts because they really think that they're going to win free tickets. But if you just like look at the simple URL down there, it's pre- pretty much in like Chechnyan and you can't even read that what it says. It has symbols and everything. It's not Disney.com. These, seems like, these seem like obvious tells. You should know what's going on. But in the older generation and in your dumb friends... They never see it coming. They never see it coming. They're legit worried Facebook's going to start charging you, but if you copy and paste a post, then they won't. Because that's how that works. Yeah. Because how many times have you gone to Disneyland and just shown them, hey, but I copy and pasted a post so I get in free for here, right? doesn't work anywhere else. But like I said... It's the older generation or it's your friends that are dumb. And the, I'd say I'm sure people could point out a lot of things about the things I do on social media. And it's all self-serving. I, I understand it. I, you have to be a little self-deprecating about it. But and I understand, like, especially with Facebook, I have a tendency to post political things from time to time. I would like to think that when I do, I attempt to be. I don't, I try to rattle people's cages. I understand that. But I also try to be contrarian in some of the things or points that I, points of view that I take. It doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes I'm just playing down a party line, I guess. Um, but I try to have a, a libertarian view on things. But one of the thing, one of the issues that I'm sure we've all seen over the last uh, two weeks, 
is about the fucking Paris Agreement. I, I don't even know the name of it. I'm just calling it the Paris Agreement. I'm sure everybody's going to nod and go, yes. But of all the people that are outraged about Trump pulling out of it, how many of them read it? How many of them know what's in that? I don't. I didn't. And even if I did read what's in it, you're having to read that through. It's like telephone. Because then you're just reading the account of what other, whatever journalist is then giving you their point of view on the story. So sure, you can call it a cop-out and say I didn't read into it, but I know everyone that was posting about it and was outraged about it, they all don't know what's in it either. I don't, I mean, maybe it's going to make regulations too tough and we had to pull back on it. I'm not sure. For business, maybe it helps. And I'm not saying that in the Trump way that he says it where he's going, let's just open up coal mines and fuck the environment. That's not the road I'm taking on it. I'm just saying maybe it was too far where it's not actually even helping anything anyways and it's just overregulated businesses. I just want to take an objective point of view on it. But I didn't fucking read it, but everybody was super confident in their ability. Everybody felt like, hey, I got this covered and let's just talk about it and post about and and talk about it's being nice. It's let's post about it and share another post about it and share another post about it. And I swear to God, I have these liberal friends that they must have been hibernating for like the last eight years because I never saw a single bad political thing come up. And look, I understand with Trump, not a fan. Fuck that guy. Don't like him. But I just did it. A lot of these people that are coming to my mind right now, never saw him post anything bad about Obama ever. Ever. And now these, they're these political analysts that they think they're on CNN or MSNBC or Fox. Where were you then? Where were you then? Now you're here. Hey, I'm happy you're here. Let's, let's at least have an honest discussion on things. But be honest with yourself. Where were you that whole time Obama was doing all this shit he was doing? And now, now you're a political activist? It blows me away. I mean, this you see the same thing on the right. All I heard for eight years is about how fucking much uh, uh, Obama does of golfing. He's just out there golfing all the time. Not doing anything. Just out there smoking cigarettes and golfing. And now it sounds like Trump's down in Mar-a-Lago or in Florida golfing all the fucking time. Republicans just sweep that under the rug. Oh, He's a businessman. He's getting deals done on the golf course, okay? Obama wasn't that type of guy. He was just out there fucking off, probably smoking that reefer and listening to Jay-Z. But with Trump, he gets a pass. And you see it on both sides. You see it on both sides. Look, in full disclosure, I didn't vote for Hillary or Trump. I ended up voting for Gary Johnson, who I kind of thought was an idiot too. But I just couldn't I couldn't vote for either one of them. I mean, at least he's talking about trying to end the war on drugs. And even though Trump tried to say he wasn't an interventionist and was just going to put America first, what's the first thing he does? Start dropping bombs, talking about starting wars in other places, give Saudi Arabia fucking keys to the castle. Keys to the castle, keys to the castle. So he's totally fucked up on that route. So if you ever think like, oh, he's just a fucking right-wing loon 
or oh, he's a social justice warrior. This I I try to be in the middle of things. I try to at least be objective on it. There's certain things. I mean, I I'm human like anybody else. There's a ton of things that I'm probably I think I'm super objective and open minded about, and I'm not. But when it comes to American politics, I try to just see it for what it is. And you got to do it now more than ever. It's fucking tough. Like when I'm trying to just find out just the bare bones of what's happening on any given subject. It's almost like you need a bullshit translator to be able to filter through what these news sources are telling you. I mean, right when you think the Wall Street Journal, oh, I can trust the Wall Street Journal now. Then they'll come out with some crazy piece. I mean, like Vice over the years. I used to love Vice, and I still think they put on great documentaries. But now they come out with just some of these crazy far-left social justice warrior shit, and I just can't handle it. It's crazy to think when I was a 21-year-old kid, I was watching Fox News and was a big fan of Sean Hannity. I think I've come a long way since then. No offense if Sean Hannity's your guy, people, whatever. Fuck Rachel Maddow, too, okay? I'm not picking sides. I don't watch your guys' shit. I don't watch the mainstream news. That's the other phrase. I love hearing Fox News watchers talk about the mainstream news like they're not the mainstream news, although all their commercials are touting about how they are the mainstream news and they're the number one in mainstream news, but they're not mainstream news. It's laughable. It's laughable. And if you're on Twitter or if you ever just like go through Instagram comments or Facebook comments, it just gets even worse and even more polarizing. People have just drawn their fucking lines in the sand. And you're either a Trumpkin or you're a staunch, I don't even know what you'd call the left anymore. But you just see words like libtard and cuck and snowflake and fake news. If you or any of your friends use those terms, if it's you, kill yourself. Just kill yourself. If it's any of your friends and it's happening on a thing like Facebook or Twitter, just hit hide, hit mute. You're good because once they have gone to either side of that leaning, start using phrases like that, you're done having conversations with them because then as soon as you say anything that might lean a little left, oh, you fucking libtard. Oh, you must listen to MSNBC. Or if you say anything just a little bit right. Oh, you're just a Trump. Oh, you just want to make America great again. You must be a racist and a sexist. Fucking cisgendered male. I knew it. Don't assume my gender cisgendered male. So, like I said, if it's you, kill yourself. Just stop now or go to like an internment camp of like with scientists and people like with good ideas around you and then go from there. Or if it's your friend on social media, if you still want to be friends with them in like real life, hey, that's your prerogative. And I just realized I never hit record on the video. So all that I was talking about earlier isn't going to be on video (laughs) because I just looked at QuickTime and I kept seeing the voice meter move and I went, oh, it's not taking up any megabytes. I should be like in the gigs right now. Oh, that's because I didn't hit record. But at that moment when I caught it, I have now hit record. So maybe I'll just release it. <laughs> the last fucking seven minutes of this thing. 
on video. I'm not making this up. It, once if you see this thing, you, you'll you'll believe it when you see it. But it, I literally just noticed uh, that I never hit record. So, yeah, it is what it is. I'd probably gone too long on the damn politics and social media, anyways. But the last thing here, we'll just kind of wrap this thing up, is um, on Wednesday of last week, I had received a text from my sister, and she asked me if I wanted to come and babysit three out of her four kids. If you're listening to this podcast, I imagine you do know. If you don't know, my sister has quadruplets. No, that does not mean two sets of twins or four individual children at different ages. It means four kids at the same time hence being quadruplets now i didn't tell you that because i think you're stupid i just had to tell you that because those are things we've had to explain to like strangers and people in public you wouldn't believe the stupid questions we get walking around with the four of them in a few years it probably won't matter because they'll all be different sizes and you won't really be able to tell that they're all the same but like now since they're all i mean there's three so you could tell that there there's something going on there, I guess. But some people, are, you, you get the dumbest questions asked to you. But she had texted me asking if I wanted to come watch three out of the four because they were going to take um, my nephew Jacob out because he had just completed potty training. What, what? Go, Jacob. But I had never watched any of the kids by myself. I don't know if I've ever babysat, period, I mean, I've babysat my friends that are too drunk or too stoned. Yeah, that's a monthly occurrence, sure. But I've never watched three little people like that. And it went well. Everybody's still alive. I'll I'll start off with that so you don't start getting um, anxious about where this conversation is going to go. But it was nice. I mean, they'd set up. They just said, okay, here's where the dinner is. They want more. This is kind of what you do. Um, we'll be back in a few hours. And then they just fucking left. They left. And I was just left there by myself with three three-year-olds. There's no testing for this. I didn't have to like go to the DMV. I didn't have to pass a CPR class. They just left. I think I've only changed one diaper in my life prior to that day. Out of the three that I had, only one of them's potty trained, so the other two are in diapers. There was no training of that. They didn't show me where that stuff was. They just left. I was blown away. Some days I barely feel equipped to be able to take care of myself. And then they just left me with three three three-year-olds? But it was fun. But I mean, like, I'll give you a for instance. Like, I had, so they left with Jacob. I had Lucas, Reagan, and Haley with me. Reagan had just become potty trained, I think, like a month ago or so. They're, they're going one by one. I'm not going to get too into this. Don't trip people. But we're outside in the backyard, and they have this, like, little plastic play thing. Which, by the way, also, like, am I allowed to take him outside? Am I allowed to play in the grass barefoot? Do they need sandals? Do they need a helmet? Do they need to wear goggles? I don't know. I can't believe there wasn't a test for this. They just left. 
But we're out there playing on the thing, and Reagan goes, I need to go to the bathroom, and I've hung out with her a few times since she's been potty trained, and I've learned with my sister that when Reagan says, I need to go to the bathroom, that you take her to the bathroom, and she's not bullshitting, she has to go. So I said, okay, let's go. But like I said, I didn't know what to do. They have a pool, but it's all gated off and everything. Do I just leave the kids outside? Can I go in with one? Like, do the cops get called on shit like that? I feel so ill-prepared. So I rallied up all the kids real quick, ran inside, and she goes to the bathroom. And I'm going, shit, do I have to wipe her? They just left. I'm telling you, I didn't get any training. But everything went fine. Went back outside. Kids continued to play. We had a good time. Went upstairs. They always like to watch. I always show them Planet Earth or like different videos like that on my phone. Like if they're ever going to look at my phone, we're going to watch something cool and something that I'm not going to have to slip my wrists over. I'll let the parents show them Peppa the Pig shit. We're watching Planet Earth or cool um, animal videos or stuff. So they're always asking for animals. animals. So we just went up there, watched some Planet Earth, hung out. Parents came home later. I did change a diaper. The damn kid had, I don't know, it looked like he'd sat in like a half pound of hamburger meat. The thing was fucking huge. I could have played like frisbee golf with it, but I got it off, okay? <laughs> but here's how bad it was. Like when I was looking for the diapers and the wipes, whatever, I grabbed what I thought was a diaper and kids three. Can't put together like full sentences, but he's like, no. I'm like, no what? That's not right one, not right one. I guess now that Jake was party trained, he had like pull-ups or something in the beginning. The kid knew that a 31-year-old man didn't know what the fuck he was doing. He knew. I put him down and I'm trying to put the diaper in. I don't know if there's like a sticky part that has to come off when you slap it. I mean, I almost had to Google image it or like go to YouTube to start getting instructions on how to do the thing. And I finally figured out it was just like grip tape or like Velcro and it would just slap over. But like, and I'm getting him, he's, he's like, he's like, not on, not on. The little fucker was critiquing me. I'm 31-year-old man. Three-year-old critiquing me. I think it's probably good that I'm single. I think it's the universe is telling me, like, you're not ready for kids. I, mean, I don't know if anybody, whenever they have kids, if they're ever ready, but that was eye-opening that I am ill-equipped to have children right now. To any of you ladies listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're just going to go and run and tell all your friends about me now. I don't think this is going to bode well for me at all. But like I said, in the world of all this social media shit to bring it full circle, I'm doing this podcast to be honest and to have fun. So whether it's dancing to 90s and 80s R&B and pop music or telling you about how bad I am at babysitting... Just know I'll be honest to you. Shit, that's it. Really? That's it. So hopefully next week I'll be able to figure out this video thing, seeing how it didn't work out so well this time around. But I've told you from the beginning, I said it in the beginning of this podcast, baby steps. Baby steps to the door. So this is baby steps doing a podcast. Baby steps trying to figure out how to do the audio again. Baby steps, just hitting record before you're going to hit the video. Baby steps. I'm glad this happened now and not when I had someone in here to actually do an interview with and I fucked the whole thing up. Better that it's just me. Baby steps.
So that's it, guys. This was the third episode of Prove Me Wrong. Thank you so much for listening. Um, tell a friend about it. Um, follow us on Facebook at Prove Me Wrong Pod. You can follow me on Instagram at Grayson underscore Gregory. Like I said, if you get bored out of the day, if you're sitting on the toilet playing a game or something, instead, just hop over to iTunes and rate and review the podcast. I'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'll catch you next week. Peace.